wonder what germs may be flying around the airport? The doctors have the dirty truth. 1,000 times dirtier than the toilet. Anybody ever seen those things being clean? Then, outrage over one school's can't say no damn. You are teaching little girls that it's not okay to say no if somebody says they want to touch them. Plus, controversy erupts as a pregnant firefighter's request to take it easy goes up in flames. This is messed up. That's today. Today we're covering some of the latest hot headlines that have been making news, starting with the Utah Elementary School, which is under fire for a policy requiring girls to say yes when boys ask them to dance at the school event. School officials say the rule teaches kids how to be inclusive, but parents are worried it's teaching girls that they can't say no. Yes. So a lot of controversy surrounding this. I, I believe these are sixth graders, is that right? Mm -hmm. like middle schoolers. So what an awkward time already. Yeah. Right. Well, that, right. That being said, maybe they're just trying to help the kids out to break the ice a little bit. That whole concept of taking a woman's a girl's right to say no away, I know is a little yeah. creepy. But where the, well, I will say where it comes from is having been a sixth grade boy. It's who awkward. Was terrified to ask someone to dance yes. and had been and always got turned down at that stage Aww. in life. Oh, oh, so so no no, but so that's. Dr. Travis, Hey, really? Beyond awkward. Oh, yeah. Ask him to so, dance right now. I think he he needs some love. I know. No no, my my, my point is I under the good intentions despite bad execution are I will say as a, the sixth grade boy who would go to the dance and stand in the corner and never dance with anyone. Aww. It no, so that's their. I think that is their intention. It is from a good place. Very bad execution, though. You need to introduce them to the real world. Right. And I think it is important to teach people to be kind when they say no. But people have yes. been doing that forever. No, it's not you. It's me. You deserve yeah. better. Are my favorite. Oh, whoever ends up with you is going to be a really lucky person. Like, I mean, you can right. teach them to be kind, but sixth to me, sixth graders are going to pull that line sixth out. Yeah, yeah, you really? get surprised. It's not have you met? Have sixth you met? Grader. Have you met sixth graders? I know some sixth graders. What is a good? Okay, I so let, let's. They so, know some too. What What in the world? I'm I'm just curious if. If a boy did ask you as a sixth grader, because again, mm -hmm. I, I, this policy is ridiculous. You shouldn't have to say yes. But what you do? You, what do you just say? No. No. <laughs> no? Thank you. That's very nice, but no, thank you. That's or why don't we dance with some of my friends together? That's it, perfect. That's sweet. That's perfect. that's sweet. That's actually a really good one. And so this is my thing. Like you are teaching little girls that it's not okay to say no if somebody says they want right. to touch them, but. What's equally as important is you're teaching little boys that in some instances, no is not a valid answer. Yep. And when you mm -hmm. teach little boys that they don't necessarily have to be respectful of a no answer, then you are grooming gr people who will grow up to be grown men who may not accept no, and you know what you're left yep. with? Yep. Hashtag yes. me too. Yes. That's what you're well, left with. You're, you're right on yep. there, and that's why all of us have a problem with this policy. Yep. But, but I think that they were trying to do some good here, to get kids to interact, to get kids out there dancing, not hurting anybody's feelings. And I think this could be shaped in a completely different way. They've got to do something else on a programmatic level, I think, you know, introducing games, activities where people can bond, but not so much, hey, if I ask you to dance, you must say yes, and that's the expectation. So, I, but Dr. Orton, you're right, they get an A for effort, but an F for completion. As I was thinking about this topic, it also gets back to nowadays, kids get trophies for right. everything. Right. Yeah, everybody wins. And I think kids, 
We're so worried nowadays about kids failing at something. Yeah. And the best lessons in life are learned when you fail at something. And you know what? If you go up to ask someone to dance, maybe you don't do it in a nice way and they say no. Well, you right. can learn from that. It means you have to do every, it better. Every failure, we always say in life, if you, you, can't, if you never fail, you can't learn. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's and, it. you know, that rejection is helpful because it teaches you resilience. Mm. And as an adult, you know how to face disappointment in a very responsible way. Otherwise, people really lose it sometimes. Hey, you used to getting your way is not a good thing. No. Yeah. No. And the truth is also for all those little sixth grade boys out there when they do say no, it's actually good to be nerdy when you're in sixth grade. Yeah. Because someday you actually grow up and... You're less nerdy. <laughs> well, either, either, either way. Yes, they are that. You're always the sixth... I'm telling you right now, I remember like yesterday being the sixth grade not popular, nerdy, and I was so I was Dude, so. Need, this boy needs some couch time. No, I don't. No, no, but you're I so. Some this stuff is... came down in sixth grade with him. I have one memory of that time, and it's three words: cold, clammy hands. Aww. It's so <laughs> but do you think that that helped you, like, as you were growing into a man? Like, do you think rejection as a child kind of helped mold you into the person you are today? into an introvert who, no, no, I, I think, no, I think absolutely, we're going to move on. Yeah. Aww. Let's, talk about, let's, talk, let's talk about more. Let's talk about one of my other favorite topics, and that's, that's French fries. Mm. Yum. Mm. Have you all heard these headlines? So, could the cure to thinning hair and balding heads be hiding at your local fast food joint? That was the question on everyone's minds recently. The news trumpeted headlines like, McDonald's fries cures baldness. Mm. <laughs> Before you head to the drive-thru, there are a few points that we need to clarify in this story because the study behind these headlines actually looked at a chemical used to prepare fast food fries like this. It wasn't the fries that had anything to do with hair loss. Scientists in Japan actually said a formula that used Get this, oxygen permeable dimethyl polysiloxane helped grow hair on rodents' backs and scalps. That's a chemical, scarily enough, that is actually used in small amounts when making French fries, which is well, kind of scary. But small dose, and what does kinda, it do? Yeah. It's supposed to prevent foaming and splattering uh -huh. of oil during the cooking process. Very unnatural. Give me a break. Guess where else it's found? Caulking silly putty adhesives and some gas relief medication. That does not sound appetizing, but you know what? It's crazy because people, hair is important to people, and there are studies that have shown that 60% of people would say yes to more hair instead of friends or money. So... Yeah. But in this headline, yeah. it's encouraging thinking, well, I want better hair. Yeah. I really like French fries. Right, because that's like health benefits in exchange for eating French fries. I mm -hmm. feel like that's something I can get behind. Yeah, right? I can, I can be supportive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our show's no fun. We always burst people's bubbles. I know, I know. Because eating French fries is not going to not going to help your hair. I hate to say it. In fact, uh, it, could, yes. it, it could actually do the opposite, right? right. Nope. And we have no cure for losing your hair, balding. Just do all the right things you know are good for your health. Diet, exercise, don't smoke, don't drink, have lots of sex, and maybe you're... Yeah, and maybe, throw that and in maybe, there. And maybe you won't, you won't lose as much hair. <laughs> but, Drew... <laughs> I'm sorry, Dr. 
Joe just said to have more sex to prevent hair loss. I thought I was going to sneak that in over Dr. Dita's head, but she, no. She wasn't buying it. She didn't even look interested. You all, you all, may I say, have wonderful, wonderful sets of hair. But the foods you eat do matter, right? Yes. Protein, you, you eat healthy foods, yeah. those healthy fats, those are all good, right? Yeah, and there's medications. We know Propecia, Minoxidil have been shown to help. And the ability to do hair grafting has, mm -hmm. is so much better than it was years ago. You can get really natural results. So. All right, normal hair loss to the audience. Throw out some numbers. What do you think the normal amount of hair to lose per day is? How many strands? Mm. A lot. Somebody 100? said somebody said 100. Yeah. 100? Yeah. yeah, 100 100 per day. Yeah, that's average. So, so it's not too scary. No, sometimes so, I'm, but, so if you see clumps, then you should be Clumps concerned. is never good. No. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be beneficial cuz just but, like men Dr. are Nina? concerned about it, like women mm. are also very concerned about hair loss. Yeah. That's right. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Coming up, you won't believe where the filthiest place in an airport is. 1000 times dirtier than the airport toilets. Mm. Plus, survey reveals how quickly people change their bed sheets after doing the deed. Ding, 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 time to wash your sheets. That's coming up. Coming on Monday, the doctors are answering awkward health questions from what to do when this happens. My seven-year-old walked in on me getting it on. To how much is too much when it comes to drinking. Whoa, whoa, You're whoa. drinking too much. Even a rap that could save your life. A colonoscopy is the procedure's name, but it must be done. Plus, embarrassed by her breasts and desperate for help. What can I do? Can the doctors solve this medical mystery? That's on Monday, and then on Tuesday. What loser would ever go on The Bachelor? Dr. Travis opens up about being The Bachelor. The thing that surprised me was... And the docs let you know if reality TV can actually drain your brain. I had so little brain activity that I might as well have been asleep. That's Tuesday. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. The following program contains mature subject matter. Viewer discretion is advised. Listen to this before you board your next vacation or business trip flight. Researchers recently did swab tests in three major airports to determine the most germ-ridden spots. Found a surprising culprit, although maybe it shouldn't be all that surprising. The self-check-in kiosk screens. The screens were, in fact, 1,000 times dirtier than the airport toilets. Mm. Not surprising, because you can actually see the cloud of thumbprints that are on these oh. screens when you approach them, right? So, so to give people an idea, three different areas were swabbed. The kiosk screens, 253,857 mm. colony forming units. Mm. The bench armrests, 21,630. The drinking fountain buttons, 19,181. Mm. I mean, that's, you're, you're looking at over 10 times as many col colony forming units on those kiosks. That's why I go, honey, go get the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm convinced that my last Send sickness came from the airport kiosks. Well, you came back, yeah. you were convinced it was the airport. You well, because and it, it struck me, when I touched the kiosk, I literally, right where I put my fingers, there were the 
the, the prints. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any of the alcohol-based hand sanitizer with me, and of course I was in a rush, so I went, got everything, got through security. God, do I wish we and had And then I had to rush to the airplane, <laughs> and the whole time I'm thinking, I've now touched everything I own with oh. hundreds of thousands of other people who touched that kiosk, damn it, and sure enough, that's it. But the flush button on toilets, like who, who's touching the flush button on toilets? Do you touch I never. that when What do you, you do, flush? blow on it? Are you, <laughs> I think I need to take yes, yes, and I, I press it. Yes, yes. it's tissue. Or All right, so, so, tray so flush button on toilets had 95,000 plus. <laughs> Colony forming units, the tray tables had 11,000 plus. Yep. Seat buckles, good news here. Just over a thousand. Yeah, and see, that's why I'm not shy about being that lady that takes out the anti-back wipes, and I start wiping down my table, really? wipe down my seat buckle, wipe my hands. I, I wipe everything. Do I don't care duty. if people are watching. Do you get some me. crazy looks? Yeah. And I look at them, I say, hey, they do you go, want that's one? That's a crazy doctor on TV. Uh, yeah. And that's okay. You're like, on to something. So what I would say, though, if you're going to do nothing else, although I know you're extremely vigilant in your seat, I think we all should, when we're touching the kiosks at the airport to check in for our flights, that would be the time afterwards to either go wash your hands or use a little alcohol-based hand sanitizer because clearly that right there is the biggest impediment to getting out of the, the airport without an illness. Mm. Um, can we talk about some other dirty truths? Sure. sure. This is a great topic. Yeah, yeah. I love this one. <laughs> Think about this. When was the last time you changed your bed sheets? A recent survey found the average person changes their sheets every 24 days. Now, the sexes involved plays a big role. Single women wait only two days after the deed to change their sheets. Single men wait an average of 18 days. Men on average wait nearly 30 days to change their bedding. So men are waiting about a month. Women wait about 19 days. So, of course, the average there is around 24. Men are, men are waiting a full month. Yeah, that's crazy, because you're spending basically a third of your life in bed. You know, if you're sleeping seven to eight hours, there's the sweat and the oil from the day. And rolling all in it. Yeah, just God, rolling mom. all in it. I mean, Some stranger stuff is in I it, I mean, too. now I care, but back in college, it was like, yeah, so what? But didn't it kind of smell bad and you didn't care? Yeah. Like, not a big no. deal to you guys? Not really. Your buddies would use, your buddies would use the bed. Really? Hence the gender divide. See, Dr. Yeah. Sarah is so surprised by this. Like that would, but what was surprising to me, one night stands, specifically. Right. Right. Guys, about how long do you think they waited? I'm just curious, throw a number out there. How many days? Nope. 18 days, yeah. 18 days, they didn't women find that two days. stranger stench, they really did. After a one night stand? After a one night yeah. stand, guys, Those 18 days, that. women, two days. I do think we have a bit of an un, healthy obsession sometimes with cleaning things like sheets. The truth is, your sheets, we're not, we're not getting terrible illnesses from our sheets. If your sheets, yeah, if they've been there, Dr. Travis, it's gross, you... but honestly, what? Okay. like if you're, trust me, if you're having a one night stand, there's a lot more to worry about than your sheets. Dr. Travis. But I'm talking about the other things you should be much more worried about than the sheets. I'm very surprised by your opinion about we, this. You're usually such a clean freak. What I know, I, we sent your sheets to ABC Labs. <laughs> you know what we found? I, I, I will confess, it's my one, my one place, because I shower every uh, night before going to and sleep. And then you get in that, like, sheets that you haven't washed in how long? I mean, how long does it take Sometimes to Sometimes it can stretch weeks. I admit so it. Why do you even bother 
are taking a I don't door. have a timer. It's not as though what? I have a timer, ding, 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 time to wash your sheets. Awesome. So that's know. like 12 times a year. I think year. When, you start to see, when you start to see the oil build up on the pillowcase, it's kind of I'm one of those guys, apparently, okay? Apparently, but you take a great shower, then you get back into that oiled mess. Well, you, where I was clean the night before. You want to get a clean bed after shower. I love shower. a clean bed. I, hey, there is actually some truth piping. and some data out there that sleeping in clean sheets will provide a better night's rest. FYI, I am a big fan <laughs> of nice, clean sheets. Okay. But I don't want you, you know, I don't want to be sheet shamed, okay? <laughs> fair. You might think about changing your Yes, one uh, week. I think wait. we'll agree on that. Or even every one two weeks. Week. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to go home and That's wash a no. That's a strong gonna, no from him. That's a strong. We're going to really check on Really quickly, we put a poll out to our followers on YouTube asking, <laughs> how often do you change your bed sheets? With nearly 30,000 votes, the biggest group, 33% responded with once a month. Travis, right here. No, those are your people. That's him. That's why nobody wanted to dance with him in sixth grade. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I think We'll be right back. <laughs> Coming up, why a pregnant firefighter has to continue saving lives right up until giving birth. Carrying 70 pounds of equipment, doing CPR, and lifting patients is becoming more difficult. Then, why corset mom needs to rethink that hourglass figure. She needs to know the real consequences. That's coming up. Coming on Monday. A rap that could save your life. A colonoscopy is the procedure's name. Ross, embarrassed by her breasts and desperate for help. What can I do? Can the doctor solve this medical mystery? That's Monday. Moms everywhere can agree being pregnant is not easy, but there's something that would make their third trimester even more difficult. That might be fighting fires. A 35-year-old Florida firefighter who is seven months pregnant is being told she'll have to carry out her normal duties until she gives birth. Due to a union contract that forbids giving pregnant firefighters lighter duties, the expectant mom is scheduled to work until the day before her C-section, even though her doctor has told her it is not good for her or the baby. And one of the things she mentions, which makes sense, carrying 70 pounds of equipment, doing CPR, and lifting patients is becoming more difficult. I can see that being the case. It seems to me that, and, and in most professions where maybe heavy lifting yeah. is involved, people are given lighter duties during pregnancy. This is, yeah. this is just so bizarre that this is, seems like it's based on, I don't want to call it prehistoric, but it feels some prehistoric union contract. Right, because the union should be protecting her, but fire departments in nearby counties actually will put people on light duty, so I guess this is something specific to hers. But this is it's messed up. Like, this is messed up, because this woman, she's inhaling smoke, mm -hmm. and, for example, you have carbon monoxide, and then you can have problem with the baby's development, like neurologically, miscarriage, you know, all of that other stuff. 
stuff. And also, she's picking people up. She's carrying this heavy equipment. So, you know, as her belly grows, her center of gravity is off. Mm. And also, hormonally, women change. So there's something called relaxin, and relaxin makes those joints a little looser. Also, mm. something could hit her in her belly, which is less than ideal during pregnancy. Yep. And it's hot in there. And when mom is hot, baby is actually a little hotter. And that can also lead to problems. So I, I can't believe they're making this woman work. So what about if something does happen to her or the baby, then is the fire department and her employer liable? Well, that's a whole, mm -hmm. I, th I think reality is going to set in and they're going to make some concessions because clearly on so many issues, this is wrong. Yeah. And you would, you would like to think that if there is this bizarre clause in the union contract, which apparently states, Employees shall not be entitled to light or restricted duty for non-duty related illness, injury, or condition such as pregnancy. You would like to think that on the front lines that her compatriots are probably, hopefully, offering a helping hand. Oftentimes, people making the decisions are sitting at a desk somewhere, no offense, mm -hmm. but not putting their life on the line. And I, I think that we need to, to take a moment to reflect that there are literally people out there who every day put their lives on the line yes. to save you. Mm -hmm. And and I think we owe them that respect, but sadly sometimes people do. They'll sit in the ivory tower in their desk yeah. and their, their thoughts are not always with what is best for these people who are putting themselves on the line. Right. And it's unfortunate that that's the reality, but yeah. it is. I'm really surprised that the union isn't helping her out on yeah. this. Like, the union is supposed to protect workers. I'm really surprised that this is their Well, status. hopefully this will be the impetus for change yep. in that particular locale, and all we can hope for in this scenario is that she has a very safe pregnancy yes. and delivery. Good luck, Mama. And uh, thanks again for all the work that yes. you first responders and firefighters do. We'll be right back. Coming up, why corset mom needs to rethink that hourglass figure. She needs to know the real consequences. Plus, would you like to unwind at America's first licensed marijuana spa? Massages using oils infused with THC, ganja yoga sessions. That's coming up. Closed captioning provided by... A new study finds four out of every five teens may be having their hormones disrupted by toxic chemicals. The chemical in question, bisphenol A or BPA, is used to make many plastics. It's been shown to mimic female sex hormone, estrogen in particular, and men can potentially cause a lower sperm count. It's found in everything from plastics to the linings of certain cans. We know that it can come into contact with beverages, with food that's contained in these cans. And it's, it's a little frightening because they looked at the urine samples of these teens and found that most of them showed BPA in their system. I don't know the answers here because it's not banned in many places. Mm -hmm. and, and so maybe until it's banned, well, we're going to continue study, to see this. When they, with these teens, when they changed their diet and reverted back to a better diet, avoiding sodas and, and things that are canned in plastic bottles, et cetera, et cetera, the BPA levels fell. And it just shows that it's reversible. So here's what's concerning to me. The FDA says this is okay as of now. So right. for me, if it's not okay, that's concerning because we, we count on the FDA to do great research and to make sure that we're safe. But to think that the FDA is always getting it right, I think is is 
is probably everybody. wishful thinking. So who who can we count on then? We want to be safe. Yourself. So so let me let me offer this. There are BPA free cans out there. Yep. Mm -hmm. Also, um, if you're worried about it and and you are worried that maybe your favorite vegetable is in a can that has BPA, you know, maybe you opt for frozen, which can be comparably lower in price. Or as I always say, if you look for fresh vegetables that are in season on discount. I'm, what I'm saying is that to just say, well, you know, let's just drink it anyway, let's just eat it anyway, when we know it has an effect on your hormones, I, I think you just have to be a little bit careful because not all cans yeah. are lined with BPA. I think as a consumer, you just need to be aware. More and more cans, and, and this includes vegetables that are very affordable, will say BPA free. I think if you're gonna, if you're gonna buy a plastic, bottle or you're gonna buy any sort of plastic uh, food containers, I think yeah. you look for BPA free. I think you just make the best. You make, you do the best you, you do the best you can, but I mean, that's it's pretty hard to just be BPA free. Well, but like, and, awesome. I, and I want it. As and long I, as it's legal, yes, absolutely. As long yeah. as it's legal, and that's my issue. Like, I understand what you're saying. You might not want to count on the FDA, but I, in my heart, I feel like we should be able to. And I have a I problem wish. with yep. not well, being yeah. able to count on them. That is what they are that's there for. Good news is that there is a brand new push to make BPA-free plastics. Yeah. And unfortunately, there are still plenty of plastics and other cans out there with BPA in it. But if you're not sure, you can ask questions, you can look it up online. We'll have a list of resources on our website. But in the 10 years of hosting this show, I've learned that there's really only one person you can count on, and that is you. And if you are the ombudsman for your family and the things that you bring in the home, you just have to be aware. I do want to move on because after having a baby, moms are unfairly pressured to bounce back with their bodies to be the same size or often smaller than they were before pregnancy. The lengths women go oftentimes quite extreme. Are you tired of salads and exercise? Is there an easier way to get a super slim body? According to one mom of three, there is. Diana, a former U.S. Navy veteran, was fed up after losing her natural curves following the birth of her four-year-old twin boys. Over the past three years, Diana decided the easiest way to go from a size 29 waist to a shocking size 18 was by wearing waist-pinching corsets for nearly 23 hours a day. She even claims to wear it during sex. Despite the many health concerns, Diana has over 45 corsets in her closet to keep her figure in check. Corset waist training has definitely become a popular trend. But is Diana living proof of taking a fad way too far? I want, I want to get rid of this notion of corset and waist training. Because mm -hmm. the only thing you're doing when you're wearing a corset is training your waist to not do its job. And, and when I read this story, my biggest concern for this woman wearing this 23 hours a day is when she's wearing this corset, all of those core muscles that you need to move through life, they're not doing their job. And your risk of long-term problems wearing it that often skyrocket. Back problems, posture problems, core problems, you're restricting your ability to breathe oh. because the rib cage can't expand and contract mm -hmm. normally. I mean, Doc, I mean, look at what she's doing. She's obsessed with this 
hourglass Coke bottle figure. Right, which in this very unnatural when you look at it. I mean, our audience is gasping and they don't, it doesn't look good actually. But I also worry about the kind of message that she's sending to her children in terms of body image and what's supposed to look good. And, you know, I wish that she would try to think a little bit about doing some things the old fashioned boring way, which is eat right, exercise and get yourself back to better shape. But well, I, I commend her husband because he doesn't want her to get smaller, and so she has a good. she has a supportive hu husband. It sounds like that you know wants her to be healthy. If you were to wear one of these, mm -hmm. which I highly discourage, mm -hmm. it should be for the shortest amount of possible time and for a very unique occasion, and it shouldn't be to this well, extreme, 18 inches, because there are there are. There are courses out there that are much more mild, and mm -hmm. it's almost like Spanx. Mm -hmm. Right. I, and I'm really referring more to something like that where, you know, a big special evening, but I, I think the concern is when you start using it over and over again, mm. it, it not well, only she creates... She lives by this thing. Yeah. It's, right. it's, she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't take it off for it's sex. Yeah, or sleep, say. apparently, if it's 23 well, hours because, a day. Well, because she, she thinks that it's doing something, that she's but training her body, that she's changing her musculoskeletal nope. system, that she's tightening her skin. I agree with Dr. Orden. I think there is an underlying psychological issue that needs to be addressed. There's a reason that this woman wants this particular figure, and I, yeah. I, I wish her the best, and I hope that she finds someone who can talk to her and kind of guide her to, to better health. So do, do this exercise. You know, everyone, put, put your hand on your belly, and I want you to take a nice deep breath in. You feel your belly expand, right? Mm -hmm. Because what happens every time you take a breath, a deep breath, what happens is your diaphragm actually lowers itself down into towards the abdominal cavity, pushing everything down and out, and that is very natural. Anytime you wear anything constricting around your abdomen, what you're doing is you're preventing that diaphragm from dropping. And what happens is you end up having to chest breathe, which is if you push your stomach in and try to chest breathe, you can feel it's very... It's very shallow, it's very abnormal, and that's why never do you want to wear anything that restricts your, your abdomen's ability to expand and contract with your breasts. I, I want to I move on to a topic that we wouldn't have even imagined we'd be discussing 10 years ago, because it's time to hit the spa! Yeah! Yay. But a different spa than you've ever heard of. Denver, Colorado may soon be home to what's billed as America's first licensed marijuana spa. It's called the Utopia All-Natural Wellness Spa and Lounge. If approved by local authorities, it will offer massages using oils infused with THC or CBD, ganja yoga sessions, maybe even a communal lounge where smokers can roll one up and relax. First business, this would be the first business to legally allow people communally together to use marijuana because even though marijuana is legal now in Colorado and many other states, it's legal to go purchase it, but you're not supposed to use it in public settings. Right. Thoughts, crew? They're calling I, this a public space, or do you go there because it's not visible, you don't see any neighbors? Mm. I'm guessing that maybe it's like joining a club, like it's almost yeah, a private, it's a fitness like club a private thing. Club. So they're getting around, because the minute they open this up that you can use in a public place, I think you're opening opening up Pandora's box. I, I do worry. I don't want to go back to the times where any bar I used to walk into and it would be smoke everywhere. Mm. I don't want to walk yeah. into a restaurant or a bar and 
no offense, if you want to use marijuana, you can do that. That's fine. But I don't want to walk into some place and just you open the door and just this waft of marijuana smoke. Yeah. That would be, if that starts happening. That won't happen because that's the same like using tobacco products. That won't happen indoors. They'll be an outdoor outdoor thing so yeah <laughs> well then yeah then you live next door it gets back to i think we have a we have a long way to go to figure out how to appropriately use these i will say this i actually enjoy the topical oils i have used a blend of thc and cannabinoid oils as as massage and i'm just talking about self-massage like a salve mm -hmm. and and i like it so i can see why a spa would want to use the oils right in the form of massage. I'm trying to imagine what that ganja yoga looks like. Are they smoking a joint while they're doing yoga poses? Are they getting it through a diffuser? <laughs> how would you? Swing by, swing by you... and put it to the test, Dr. Judy. Like who wants to see oh, Travis no, doing yoga after responsibly using some recreational marijuana? Sure, Jeez. Yeah. I think I feel the same way about this, though, as when we talked about people drinking wine and doing yoga, which is yeah. I worry when it you start to combine something that's meant to be healthy with something that is mind-altering, yeah. and you lose something. Yeah. Probably your balance. We'll be right back. Coming up, the brothers who could be taking down America's opioid crisis. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Then, a doctor's prescription for the germaphobe in you. Germaware, baby, not germaphobe. That's coming up. Closed captioning provided by... If you're in the emergency room, chances are you're in pain. But what is the best thing to take to relieve that pain? Check out this story. When it comes to pain medication, the stronger the better, right? Well, not according to a study that just came out involving 416 ER patients with painful bone fractures, dislocated shoulders, and banged up knees. Half of the group received a combo of ibuprofen and acetaminophen. The others took a drug containing prescription narcotics. The results? Nearly identical. Both groups felt almost exactly the same relief two hours later. So maybe less is more. Even if over-the-counter painkillers are shown to be as effective as opioids, some people don't even have the money or wherewithal to get them. I want you all pleased to welcome the co-founders of B Plus B, Joshua and Tony Breeden, to the show. Welcome. <laughs> because you guys have a really interesting concept with your company. Tell us about that. The company, uh, we started, I guess, back in 2013? 14. 14, yeah, yeah early 14. We're brothers, so you'll see some bantering going on here. <laughs> <laughs> some corrections going on. Uh, we started because I had a previous company we sold and decided, and that was fun company, decided this time around I want to have a little bit of, do a little bit of something that was giving back to people. And what we found was because of the healthcare debate that was going on, a lot of people couldn't really afford healthcare, and they were putting a lot of pressure on the free clinics. Yes. And so we thought what we can do is see how can we help these free clinics to be able to better afford uh, the medicine they have. So why don't we start a, a model, a business, that actually gives back. So for every product you buy of ours, we actually provide a product over about 1,000 free clinics across the country. And we went and talked to AmeriCares, which is an organization up in Connecticut, and they told us it was a great need of theirs uh, to have uh, someone supplying that over-the-counter medicine. 
uh, to their patients. So. Very cool. That is no, very cool. Because it's something you're going to buy anyway. So people always wonder, hey, how can I help somebody? Mm -hmm. And so now it's just an easy way to help folks. It's just, it's yeah. And we, we, we don't always tell people, too, we don't want to be seen as like pill pushers. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, okay, <laughs> We're we don't want to go medicine. on this program like people say, oh, there's a pill pusher. Oh. And so we always tell people, we, we always say laugh, love and laughter is the best medicine. So it really is. Yeah. It really is. Okay. Okay. And you know, so, yeah. I worked at a lot of the clinics that are the lot, a lot of clinics similar to the ones you're helping out so mm -hmm. I want to say thank you because I really have I've had people come in in tears and they're like you know Dr. Ne like I can't I can't do it like I can't afford it and I know it's hard for some mm -hmm. people to understand how individuals wouldn't be able to afford over-the-counter medication mm -hmm. but it is a real thing and to know that you are relieving pain in a manner similar to the pain relief someone can experience it with opioid mm -hmm. pain relief in some instances is phenomenal so mm -hmm. thank you thank uh, you thank you thank you I think it also highlights I think it's pretty remarkable during this opiate crisis in the country that you can do a study in the ER and two hours after receiving an over-the-counter medication versus an opiate, mm -hmm. same pain relief. It's pretty profound. Let's think about that for a moment. And I, and I think sometimes less is more when it comes so, to medicine. Yeah. And, and certainly, uh, I know that's something that you guys believe in. So your, your brother, so what is it like working together? So you're always hanging out. It's, it's terrible. No, it's, uh, <laughs> It's, uh, no, I'm just kidding. We're, we're, it's actually really fun because the thing is, you speak openly with each other a lot more it's than a what good you and do. Good and bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because Sometimes you speak too open. Too open. But I'm curious because you're the big brother. Yeah. So where where does the family stop and business begin and vice versa? I do you always, ever just have to say, I, I, I totally "I'm why. your big bro"? Yeah. He, he does. He goes, "Hey." I'm the big brother here. Now, does it's that my work? Decision. It's my decision. Yeah. Does that work? Because I, I have now. older siblings. No, yeah. Does that work? It doesn't work. Okay, stay no. strong. That's Never it. Works. Stay strong. Never work. That's yeah. it. Sometimes Never I have to call mom and dad sometimes and say, hey, dad, get, get on him. <laughs> I do that too. It's quite effective though, it really right? Hey, it works every it time. Works. It's also very cute too with the company because our whole family kind of supports it and they're just yeah. always, you know, they live in Tennessee and they're telling all their friends about it. They're so proud. And it's just very interesting to see a whole family involvement. The first time the company we started before, uh, it wasn't a family. You know, it was me and a friend of mine from law school. And so we started that one, but it wasn't the same. Why don't you tell me what it is? Huh? Well, we started a moonshine company before. It was called Old. <laughs> <laughs> Stage, I said, if I brought moonshine, then there won't be any conversation about B plus B. Well, the one thing I will say, and it sounds like you guys are, are up this alley as well, you know, when it comes to medicine, always the lowest possible effective dose for what you're treating, mm -hmm. and I think that's a, an imp important concept. You mentioned in a culture where we, we often hand out pills like candy. Mm -hmm. You guys sell all the, the three major types of naproxen, acetaminophen, ibuprofen. ibuprofen yeah. Where can people go to learn more? Uh, go to our website, it's betterbygiving.com, and so. we sell in Walmarts nationwide, we just uh, recently deal with Publix nationwide, and uh, we'll be it on Amazon up. and other stores we're working on too right now. So. More, more importantly, yeah. um, my gift package of moonshine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a 360 solution. So if you do too much of that one, you then can do it. And, and I want to stress the fact that it's 30 to 50 
cents cheaper than most well-known we brands, right? To. We do try to. You know, the stores make that final decision. Uh -huh. And then we need your help out here to buy it because we can't do our mission if you're not buying it because that's the only way it works. We gave away about almost 500,000 doses so far uh, to over 1,000 clinics. So, so. Well, gentlemen, yes. true pleasure. And you can go to our website to find out more about Joshua and Tony's company. We'll be right back. Coming up, not so fast with that juice, Dr. Travis. What you need to know about drinking juice on an empty stomach. Plus, the only show on TV where everyone at home has a chance to enter to win the Word of the Day giveaway. Find out what it is. That's next. Who loves a nice cold glass of OJ first thing in the morning? Well, new research suggests we might need to think twice before juicing up on an empty stomach. A Princeton University study claims high levels of fructose and fruit juices might overwhelm the digestive system and may disrupt beneficial gut bacteria. Their suggestion is to limit the sugar-filled drinks in moderation after you eat. And we've always said with juice, which, look, I love a good glass of OJ. Mmm, so tasty. Might even have a little sip right now. This is drinkable, right? That's what, that's what they said about the fries, Travis. That's a lot. Oof, that is so good. Yeah. But we know with juice, they take out the fiber, and it, pretty much what is left is the natural occurring sugars in the fruit, but it's still, it's still a big rush of sugars. Yeah. And it's not that different in terms of the way your body reacts than drinking a soda. Well, this is interesting Which, because people associate orange juice with morning and breakfast, yeah. and so it's good to know that. I think yeah. it's just, you know, if you're going to have some OJ, Make sure you're enjoying it with your breakfast so you're getting some protein and some fiber. And I know that for me, same thing with coffee. I love coffee, but I don't want to drink it until I have a little food in my system. And as long as I get a little food in my system and then I got my cup of coffee, I'm just so thankful. Thankful, that's our word of the day. If you'd like the chance to win a $150 Mark Anthony hair care bundle and are thankful at the doctorstv.com. Well, I hope you like it because you are all going home with a $150 Mark Anthony hair bundle. More ahead. Coming up, a doctor's prescription for the germaphobe in you. Germaware, baby, not germaphobe. That's next. Closed captioning provided by I'm Vivica Fox, and this fall I have a brand new talk show. Two people, two sides, but only one can be right. It's time to face the truth. So if you have a relationship that needs to be fixed, a conflict that needs to be settled, or a problem that's over your head, call 323-843-3627. If you're one of those people who has a tough time making a decision, today's doctor's prescription might be for you. This is an easy trick that might make your decision a smoother process. Wash your hands first. Understand this, a research has long shown washing your hands may have a positive effect on your mental well-being. Apparently washing your sheets maybe in the bedroom <laughs> are also part of this. But the simple act of washing your hand not only prevents you from potentially getting sick, it helps reduce anxiety when you're faced with a decision. And psychologists call this the clean slate effect, 
which makes sense, right? You're washing, kind of washing away everything else so you can focus. Judy, it's kind of a mental timeout, isn't it? That's like, right. Like timeout. I'm gonna. I need time to regroup. Yes, because people get anxious because they're thinking about possible mistakes of the past, possible mistakes they're gonna make in the future. And I believe that washing your hands is just a simple mindfulness activity. It kind of reorients you to the present, kind of focus on that warm water, how good it feels, and then you get to regroup and make your decision. Maybe worth noting here that pretty good studies that regular old soap and water are just as effective as those super harsh chemical laden yeah. soaps. So I, I always, at, at home, I always use good old-fashioned soap and water. I'm also now, after today's show, first thing after I touch the airport kiosks, I'm going to wash my hands and clean the slate, so to speak, as well. And when are yeah. you going to change your sheets? <laughs> yes. So, Wait. good night. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs>